Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing the best cars for frugal folks. you are frugal and you're looking at buying a new car, well, not brand new, but right new to you. Definitely not brand yeah, new. Yeah. There's some things you want to consider. And Joel, we're actually going to give the names of some specific cars that you should consider uh, when you are in your car search. Yeah. Specific model recommendations coming down the pike in this episode. Year, make, and model. <laughs> uh, on that note, I know you love uh, a certain car of yours. Do you have a vehicle that was the worst car that you ever purchased? Because maybe you don't, because I know, yeah, you, you've been a pretty smart guy over the years, but I'm going to share uh, a vehicle that I purchased in college that was the worst. <laughs> I bought, I think it was a 1992, which is it was an old vehicle, it was a classic, a 1992 Land Rover Range Rover. Always near the bottom of the list on the reliability rating. Terribly unreliable, but man, I got to say, that car was so much freaking fun while I had it. It cost so much money to maintain. It got terrible gas mileage. And it wasn't like this classic car, right, that maybe appreciated something or like held its value. I mean, I ended up selling that thing at a pretty big loss after having also put a ton of money into it just to maintain it. So yeah, big car fail 
uh, right there for me. All right, so this episode is dedicated to former Matt and so, trying to yeah. <laughs> and trying to help people in that same situation. Don't be like me. Yeah, find the car that is actually good for them. All right, so did that buy you enough time to think of your least favorite vehicle? Yes, it certainly did. And I hate to say that this was my least favorite car because I like that style car so much. It was a Subaru Outback. Oh, no way. I, th- I was thinking, were you actually going to mention the Subaru? It was the engine completely died on it. It had an engine problem. Oh, no way. I don't remember that. Yeah, so that that sucked. It left us in the lurch and it cost a whole ton of money to fix it so we could actually just sell it and Unload be, it. be done with it. And uh, yeah. Oh, no so way, man. That one sticks out in my head as being the worst car that we ever bought. Although I like Outbacks and they're typically really good cars, but this one just wasn't. And I had completely forgotten about that. You said the engine crapped out. So, I mean, did it like blow the, like a head gasket? Is that it really? Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> ah, bummer, man. Like, yeah, that can totally uh, total a vehicle. So that's something you certainly want to avoid. <laughs> if you can, <laughs> if you can, right? All right, real quick. I wanted to, to mention that my work, we just had a family day recently at Stone Mountain Park, which is kind of right around the corner from where we are. It's just a really cool spot. And every time my work has thrown a family day, we just had a really, really good time there. So is family day exactly what it sounds like? You yep. Just, you go there with your family? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's free. And typically, you know, there's all these activities there that you can participate in that cost free? money, but you get to do them all for free. Yeah. Because it's sponsored by your work. Free ice cream? Uh, no hamburgers though. Free hamburgers? Yeah. Oh man, I'm there. Yeah, I know. It was nice. If uh, I was invited, but I don't work for your company. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so they have this ropes course and I talked my five-year-old into doing it with me and it was really fun. I was actually kind of surprised that she said yes. But then when she got up there, is this one of the, one of those ones that's way up there, that yeah, like 30, 40 feet off the ground. This was like 15, 20 feet off the ground. That's still really like that. high, man. Yeah. And, uh, she was blitzing past nine and 10 year old boys who were kind of quaking in their boots. And I was so mm, proud of her. Yeah. And I think the the thing that helped her the most is she's actually kind of throughout her life been a little more fearful as a kid. So I'm trying to find ways to help her grow and to be a little bit less fearful of taking on a new activity. And I was just like, man, so impressed with her taking that on. And I think part of the reason that she's gotten a little braver is that she's begun to be able to to self-talk and to tell herself things that are true as opposed to letting that fear overcome her. And so the whole time on the ropes course, you know, I'm there with her and I'm encouraging her. And then she is saying things like, it's not that bad. I can do this one foot in front of the other. And she's just saying these kind of things over and over to herself. And it was just impressive to watch. And it just made me think that this ability to say what's true uh, about ourselves, about our financial situation when it comes to money, that we have this ability to kind of change the narrative. And the narrative sometimes is what we get stuck in. Right. And we just have to, like on the ropes course, put one foot in front of the other because you're not going to leap it in one single bound, right? And I think that's what most people want or expect or hope for their finances. And and that's just not how it works. There's no silver bullet. And so that ability to kind of reinforce what's true verbally and mentally for yourself uh, can be just a major boon to how you actually begin then to tackle the specifics of whatever financial endeavor you want to undertake. Yeah, one step in front of the other, like just those small financial wins are all that it takes to kind of get you from from point A to point B. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that was super cool, man. Was Go like, Selma. I, I was just so proud of her, like beaming the rest of the day. It yeah. was such a fun experience. All right, Joe, let me go ahead and introduce our beer that we're going to have on this episode. Uh, this is another beer sent to us uh, by Adam up there in Philadelphia. Uh, so thank you, Adam. But he sent us two beers. We had the first one on our Monday's episode. And on this episode, we are having Bitter. 
It's called, that's just what it's called, bitter. This is by Form, Fermentary, and Blendery. Yeah, we really enjoyed the beer that we had on Monday's episode. Looking forward to checking this one out as well. And it's a style of beer that we've never had on the show. And I don't know if I've ever had in my life. So this should be interesting. Yeah, just a spice beer. So I'm not exactly sure what that means. But, you know, I do know that most of the beers that they have, they're all, I mean, they're all blended together. And they have this barrel aging program. And they source their barrels from all over the world. And they use live cultures. And so it's this very sort of like artistic way of brewing beer. Um, you, you really need to know your stuff because you're not using precisely measured amounts of yeast and things like that. It's, it's very wild and kind of artistic. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to enjoying this one with you, man, while we talk about cars. Let's talk about cars, Matthew. <laughs> okay. People tend to, I don't want to overgeneralize, lots of people tend to drive stupid cars and some cars just cost way more to run than others like the range rover you mentioned earlier yeah that thing was the worst yeah it cost (laughs) you a lot more than a lot of other cars would have and if you're a car nut then maybe you should prioritize driving a car that you love putting that into your budget make sure that's only after you have allotted a certain amount for saving and investing but if cars to you like they are to me just the means to help you get from point a to point b you should really consider what you're driving. And that's why we're tackling this topic today. And we want to recommend specific models uh, for you to consider that are kind of that sweet spot for you know price and reliability. That's right, Joel. And you know the reason that we're talking about cars, because it's, it's sort of a specific thing. But I mean, aside from housing, Americans spend more money on transportation, like cars, right, than any other category, accounting for 14% of the average budget. What that means is that we're spending about $9,000 annually, like around 750 bucks a month. And that's according to the U.S. Consumer Expenditure Survey that comes out every year. It's fancy. And Joel, we've mentioned the rule of 173 before, right? Where you take a monthly expense and instead, if you were to invest that, uh, you get basically what you would have if that was invested in the stock market. So if somehow you're able to take that 750 bucks that you spend towards transportation every month and instead invest that in 10 years, you're going to have $130,000, which is awesome. <laughs> That's a huge amount of money. Not chump change. Yeah. And most folks, you know, you can't cut that completely, but we, you know, we're going to talk through this and try to reduce the amount that we spend every month. All right. So let's first talk about the criteria that you want to consider that will kind of be our funnel that allows us to see what cars are actually good buys versus bad buys. And we're really going to look at actually the total cost of ownership of a vehicle. It's really easy to look at the sticker price, but in a similar fashion, Matt, to the secondary cost episode that we talked about, well, certain cars are going to have higher operating costs than others. And so it's not necessarily what you pay for the car up front. It is what you're going to pay for the car over the life of ownership. And so we call that total cost of ownership. And that is what we are going to want to specifically consider. And when it comes to the cost, Joel, of the actual vehicle, the actual car, an ideal price range that we, you know, that we feel that you can get a great car is between five and $10,000. And again, the re- we're saying five and $10,000 because that's how much you should be paying for it in cash upfront. You do not want to be a payment buyer. Don't look at what you can afford and what you can kind of squeeze into your budget every single month. That range is going to allow most folks to get a fantastic vehicle without spending too much on a depreciating asset. Yeah, depreciation for most people is the number one cost of ownership. We think about all these other costs associated with buying and owning and maintaining a car, but really it's that depreciation that is the biggest hit 
to your finances. And so if you can find a car that is five years, seven years old, it's gently used, uh, what most of the depreciation has already occurred, well, that then is a smart buy. And that's why we always say to buy used, right? Because the first five years, even that right there will take the majority of the depreciation. The first year that you have a brand new vehicle, that's about 20% of the depreciation happens within that first year. And so it's hard for us to overstate the importance of not buying a brand new vehicle. All right, so let's talk about reliability as well. We're specifically going to recommend cars that have a great history of reliability. They're not the dirt cheapest cars out there. We're going to recommend cars that you can get inexpensively, but also ones that rate well over time in regards to how they hold up. Consumer Reports and JD Power in particular have ratings that help you determine brand and model reliability. But in particular, when you're buying a used vehicle, you're going to want to have that individual car inspected by a mechanic that you pick in order to determine its specific issues. And that's a step that we would suggest you do not bypass because you might find out that that specific car has been in a flood zone and is going to have major issues because of that or is already having engine issues that you didn't know about. If you're not a car expert, it's really, really important that you have your car checked out by a mechanic before you purchase it to make sure that you aren't buying something that is going to give you headaches for years to come. That's right, Joel. And you know, you mentioned Consumer Reports and like the JD Powers uh, surveys and rankings. I think it's worth mentioning as well to not put too much weight onto some of those rankings because if you look, you know, and I look because I was curious as to what's the most dependable car right now, like what's the most reliable vehicle that's five years old. And so I looked back, okay, it's 2019 right now, I look back to 2014. And the most reliable vehicle is a Lexus. And second behind that is Mercedes, right? And so certainly these are reliable, solid vehicles, but at the same time, you have to take into account the price. You have to find that balance and that middle ground between you know, what is gonna be seen and called the most reliable or the most dependable vehicle. You have to take your budget into account. And let's quickly mention fuel efficiency and how much weight should be placed on that. And that's completely dependent on how much you drive, but there is a huge tendency for people to put a premium on fuel economy when they're looking at a vehicle or to just not think about it altogether. And there's probably a sweet spot there too, right? Where you want to consider it, but you also shouldn't weight it too heavily in how you decide which car you're going to get. Because typically we overestimate how much we pay in gas. And like we mentioned, there are a lot of other factors, specifically depreciation that factor in way more than just your monthly cost of gas. Yeah, Joel, I know in our case, like we hardly ever drive anywhere. We try to keep our life pretty... Uh, location specific uh, around where we live to places and to restaurants and bars and places like that that we can either walk to or ride our bikes to. And so I think for us and you guys as well, y'all, you guys don't drive all that often either. But man, gas mileage for us is not a big consideration at all. And real quickly, as I mean, we're talking about different criteria to take into account. A part of why a vehicle that's at least five years old is more affordable isn't only because you paid cash and you got a great deal on an affordable vehicle. And it's not necessarily only because uh, it's fuel efficient, but it's because you're spending a lot less in insurance as well. If you purchased a vehicle that's five years old at least or older, it's going to cost less to insure. And again, if you've paid cash, you don't have a loan on that vehicle. So you're not required to have collision. You're not required to have comprehensive. And so those are also ways that you can save massive amounts of money every single month by owning an older vehicle. And Matt, you know, I'm partial to electric cars. And I just read an article about how a Tesla Model 3 is actually cheaper to own and run than a Toyota Camry. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that article. (laughs) Okay, well, let's talk about that right after the break. 
Joel. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so Woo-hoo. we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry, Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. 
rebalanced if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. All right, Joel, let's talk about electric cars. Like you mentioned, I know electric cars are getting more and more affordable. The technology is getting better. So what that means is that the batteries basically are lasting longer. And so there's less uh, range anxiety. Is that what it's called? (laughs) That's what many electric vehicle owners face. And particularly... Like you're afraid basically that you're going to run out of electric juice to get you where you need to go. Yeah. And so the car that I drive is an older Nissan Leaf. And so those definitely have a much shorter range than a lot of the newer electric vehicles. Like a brand new Tesla. Yeah. I literally have a third of the range of what the newer electric vehicles have. And so we'll talk about Nissan Leafs in a second. But first, the Tesla and that MarketWatch article. That's right. Yeah. You're talking about how it's like equivalent to a Camry. So we wouldn't recommend you buy either because they're (laughs) comparing brand new cars. And even used Teslas are, are still pretty expensive comparatively. But what MarketWatch, I think, was trying to get at was that the total cost of ownership, because of the fact that the Tesla doesn't depreciate nearly as much as a standard gas engine car like a Toyota Camry, they're in higher demand. So even though you've paid more, the sticker price is higher. You're actually going to spend less over the three years of ownership that they compared because it's just not going to go down in value at nearly the same rate. Not to mention the fact that electric vehicles are just much cheaper to run at the same time. Yeah, they, they showed that basically the Tesla was able to maintain a massive amount of its value three years later. And I didn't even realize that the Tesla 3 had, had even been out that long, but I, I guess it has. Yeah, and so I guess my beef with that though, Joel, is that Toyota Camry or you know Corolla has always been like, it's, it's like the holy grail of affordable vehicles that last forever take care of it it's gonna you know cost you nothing to run down the road it just seems odd that you can you can have an electric luxury vehicle and i mean that's what it is right like you can't argue the fact that the tesla any tesla right is not a luxury vehicle oh sure it's fancy it's high tech it's got all the stuff in it i just i guess it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that how could that vehicle actually cost less total cost of ownership down the road as a basic toyota I don't know that the numbers have to prove that out. The Tesla, it's only been around for a few years, but the Toyota, it's been around for for decades. Yeah. And I don't think Teslas are going to maintain the same lack of depreciation that they've been able to because the market's just getting more competitive in the EV space. But it's just kind of food for thought to make you think before you jump in and make a purchase. And I found that article compelling, at least in that way. Uh, but let's say when it comes to EVs, the the one that I would say people should consider specifically is, and only if it fits your lifestyle, an older Nissan Leaf, kind of like I drive. If you can get a Nissan Leaf that's four, five, six years old, something like that, they have actually depreciated in massive fashion. And that's because they have a massive disadvantage when it comes to their range. But for me, uh, the Nissan Leaf works for how I drive. It's cheap to buy. And then it's cheap to maintain. And so... Yeah, you've got almost zero maintenance costs, right? You just have to plug that bad boy in and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. And so the fuel costs are are much less than they would be if I had a gas engine car. And then the only thing you really have to get for an electric car is tires, which is kind of cool. It's like a golf cart that goes on the interstate. It's pretty (laughs) rad. Which is not something that you would ever want to do is take an actual (laughs) golf cart on the interstate. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, 
But real quick, I want to talk for a second about batteries, right? Like you mentioned how the range of your Leaf uh, isn't quite as far as you know brand new Teslas, which can be expected because the batteries, the technology has gotten better. But has the range of your Leaf of the batteries in your vehicle, like have they gotten worse over time? Because I've also heard about that as well, right? Like where it doesn't hold or doesn't charge quite as much as it used to. What's your experience on that? Yeah, so batteries definitely degrade over time. But mine has not degraded all that much. And so there are different ways that you can try to lessen the amount of degradation that you're going to get to your battery. And in particular, the main couple things are to not charge it up to 100% every night, charge it more like to 90%. Oh, no way. Yeah. And and also charge it more slowly. So every time you use the quick charge, that is just hard on the battery. Makes sense. So if you kind of do the trickle charge, which is how I charge it every night, your battery is just going to last longer. And, and with those older Nissan Leafs, you do have to realize that even just a little degradation in the battery can affect its drivability because if you have, go from a 75 mile range to a 65 mile range, it just might not fit into your driving habits nearly as much. So that is something to consider before you make that purchase. But I will say, I think because of the factors that we pointed out above, the Nissan Leaf does make the list of a best car for frugal folks. All right. So Joel, you tackled the electric vehicles because that's you. You got yourself that Leaf. Uh, I, on the other hand, have a conventional gasoline powered vehicle. You so old school. <laughs> which totally works for us. I don't know about you, man. I, I think about the way song lyrics are going to change based on the fact that we have electric cars now and they're becoming more in vogue. You just think about all these like stories about running out of gas or something <laughs> or, or the truck that's idling or like, vroom, vroom. Like yeah. that's not going to be in the lyrics anymore. Exactly. Yeah, man. <laughs> songs are going to change. Instead, it's just like, <laughs> it's like I hear the whir, the purr of my vehicle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. But for us, electric vehicles don't currently fit in our lifestyle. We don't drive like I said, a ton or all that often. But when we do, a lot of times it's pretty far. And so if you are like me and you aren't into electric cars, you know, or they don't fit in your lifestyle, the best conventional gas cars that you should be considering are specifically the Toyota Corolla, Nissan Altima, Kia Soul, Toyota Prius, Mazda 3, or the Honda Fit or Civic. Yeah. And so the reason, Matt, that all of those cars that you listed and we'll list those out in our show notes on the website that we're ranking as best cars for frugal folks is because they all fit those standards that we mentioned before in the show, that you can get them at an ideal price point, that they are incredibly reliable, they're fuel efficient, and you might even be able to self-insure based on the price point of those vehicles. Buying a five plus year old Corolla Altima or any of those vehicles that you mentioned, Really, they're just in that sweet spot, and you're not gonna you're not gonna have a whole lot of hassle. You're not gonna be on a first name basis with your mechanic in all likelihood by buying one of those cars, and you're not gonna spend too much money either. Yeah, you know what stands out to me about those cars is that none of them sound super nice. <laughs> like they all sound pretty basic, but like that's what we're going for here. Like we're going for vehicles that are practical, that are affordable, and that aren't going to cost you your future right? Like if you are able to take this money and instead invest it and do bigger and greater things with it, think about what kind of position that's going to put you in in the future, right? It's not that we hate vehicles. It's that there's other things that we want to do with our money instead. And so, yeah, you know, when you were talking about a Kia Soul, I don't think I personally know anyone that has a Kia Soul, 
but I'm not going to knock it because if they're able to do something different with their money that they are more excited about, man, all the power to them in the world, you drive that Kia Soul. <laughs> you know, I don't know why, but I've kind of always thought Kia Souls look kind of cool. Oh, do you really? Like, yeah. you, you like the box? I do like the boxy cars. I love the old Scion XBs. I bet you like the uh, old hamster commercials. Was that the Kia Soul? That was the Kia was Soul. It? Okay, yes. I remember those. They told, yeah, the, <laughs> the hamster commercials were a little goofy. Super goofy. But yeah, one of the fastest ways to build wealth is to spend very little on a car. And these are good cars. Yeah, they're good cars. They're just not sexy, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so that, but that's where we get into trouble often with our finances is trying to impress other people, trying to get the sexiest, newest, coolest thing. And if we could just be happy with something that's completely good, that these cars are, they're fantastic cars. They're really good cars. But if we feel the need to impress other people with the car that we drive, well, then we're probably not going to be happy with these cars. So it's important to go into your car purchase with that mindset. Yeah, you know, if none of those vehicles that we mentioned sound that great, Consumer Reports has a great extended list of you know different cars, the best cars that you can get uh, under twenty thousand dollars. So many of which would fall, you know, in our recommended ten k or less price limit. And we'll put a link to that article in our show notes. It's not behind a paywall, so even if you don't have a Consumer Reports account, you can take a look at that article. Also in that article, they mentioned pickup trucks. And some folks might say, oh, well, I can't get one of those tiny vehicles because I need something bigger. Well, there are two that they recommend, and that is the Honda Ridgeline, the Toyota Tundra. Both of those rank really high when it comes to all the factors, reliability, cost. Yeah, I hear Corollas don't like haul lumber well or tow stuff. (laughs) So yeah, if you really do need a truck for work or, or for play, even it's something that you really enjoy or really, really want. Well, those are the two trucks that they recommend in particular. And they're worth considering. And let's talk about vans too, Matt, because we, uh, because you have a van, I have a micro van. That's another segment of cars that a lot of people, they need something bigger to haul more family around in, right? I don't think most folks know what a micro van is. <laughs> There's basically one vehicle that can be considered a micro van, and that's what you have, which is a Mazda 5. It's got the sliding doors and it's got the third row, but it's like a... It's like a mini minivan, micro van. <laughs> exactly. It has a third row of seats, but it's just like way smaller than a normal van. It gets better fuel economy than a regular minivan. Yeah. And it kind of comes out ahead when it comes to the, the cost as well, because the other options that are dependable are going to be the Toyota Sienna and the Honda Odyssey, which are awesome. That's what we personally have. We have a Honda Odyssey, but you're going to be looking you know, a little north of that 10K mark, more like 10 to 15, maybe even 20 thousand dollars which is a lot of money so yeah i mean i honestly would challenge listeners to to consider specifically a mazda 5 because that's a vehicle that you can haul six people around in for for much less money than what you would pay for the fancier uh toyota and honda vans but since this episode is called the best cars for frugal folks well we're going to give you know the mazda 5 probably a gold star and we're going to give the hot odyssey and toyota siennas kind of those those backup silver stars maybe (laughs) they're still really good vehicles and if you can find a good deal you can find a sweet spot maybe a six seven or eight year old van uh, of one of those makes and models well then that's probably a really good purchase but yeah the mazda 5 is going to be a little bit cheaper and if it fits your needs it's a really great vehicle to own we've had a great experience with ours Uh, in our next segment we're going to talk about where and how to buy your new frugal vehicle (laughs) 
So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty? When it can be earning extra income on your behalf, it's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to kachava.com dot com slash how to money that's spelled 
K-A-C-H-A-V-A, and get 10% off your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash how to money. All right, Matt, before we get into the specific best places to buy your new, to you, frugal vehicle, well, let's get into a couple alternatives. And so a really important thing to consider is to challenge yourself to try and use alternative transportation as often as possible, especially to get to and from work. And I realize that this doesn't work for everyone. People that have listened to the show for for very long know that we like bikes. We talk about it often and we encourage people to use their bikes as often as possible. And we're doing that again because every time you ride your bike, instead of driving your vehicle, you're prolonging the life of that vehicle and you're saving yourself money. And you're prolonging your own life. I mean, let's be honest, right? As long as you don't get hit by a vehicle, you're in better health. So win-win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Ride sharing apps too, Matt. We've talked about that, that maybe you can go down to a one car family by using ride sharing apps a little bit more often, depending on where you live and depending on how accessible they are. And kind of a new entrant into that sphere is Waze. Waze has the carpool feature now on their app and I haven't used it yet, but I've been meaning to. So uh, once I do, I'll report back. But that is actually a much cheaper way to get around on the ride sharing option. And so if that's available where you are, that's definitely something to consider as well. Yeah, well, and speaking of new entrants, man, you've got all of the different micro mobility options, right? These are the different scooters and whatnot that you may or may not be a fan of. Still never ridden one. Have not you really? You really haven't? No, I haven't. Dude, how have you not ridden one of the scooters yet? I got my bikes, man. I don't need that crap. They're a lot of fun. Okay. But more and more folks, I mean, granted, the very first time you see a dude wearing like a suit riding on that thing to, to work, you kind of laugh like it's a joke. I see it every day. <laughs> but, <laughs> I see, well, I that's see a, it every day. And, and how normal is it now, though? Right? More and more folks are using it as a legitimate option to, to get from to and from public transit specifically, but even from where they live, if they live in the city and with more and more folks moving to the city, micro mobility, man, it's a real option for folks, whether it be scooters or electric bikes now that are out there, you got to give it a shot. No, it is. And I, I'm kind of a hater, but here's the deal. Truly, I think they can be really helpful in reducing traffic congestion. And if it works for your lifestyle and you like hopping on an electric scooter, well, I'm not going to hate because anything that gets people out of their car more and just out and about on an alternative mode of transportation, I'm all for it, honestly. Yeah. And I kind of got nerdy with it, right? And so I I was doing some more sort of digging around with the research. And I thought, you know, I think one of the things that keeps folks from using the different scooters is the actual platform. It's having to go from one scooter to the next, trying to unlock it, finding one that's got juice. And it's kind of a pain. You can't count on it to being there, right? But you can buy your own scooter. There's different scooters you can purchase now. And they're not that expensive. You can fold it up and put it in your backpack. Yes, exactly. Actually, one of my coworkers bought their own electric scooter. But sadly, I don't think they've even used it. Oh, that's a huge bummer. They need to donate that to you. But you can get a really nice commuter scooter like that for about 500 bucks. And if you're looking at $9,000 spent annually on transportation costs... I mean, you can buy at least three scooters for that much money, right? Like in the course of a year, like 1500 is less than 9000 <laughs> Yes, is the answer. You know, a, good, you, a good bit less. You could have three of them. There, there is a chance, I will say, on your bike or on a scooter like that, that you're going to get caught in a downpour like I did today on the way home. Uh, so you just have to be okay with that. And you just have to realize that that's part of what comes with the territory. But you're here and you look great. <laughs> <laughs> For a minute, I I, uh, I looked a little disheveled. Yeah, but. you're a little wet, but you just go home and change. No, I was I was a lot wet. Yeah, you're a lot wet. <laughs> I, I was soaked, but uh, but it was worth it. It was kind of actually, 
I don't mind a good rain shower in, in the spring. It's kind of nice. In those instances, do you keep like a little Ziploc bag on you for your phone? How does that work? I stop my phone in my pannier bag, which is not 100% waterproof, but it does the job enough. Yeah, yeah, enough. Yeah, okay. so <laughs> my phone was safe. Okay, let's, that's enough about alternatives. Let's talk about uh, where you can buy an actual car. We're big fans of Carvana and, and CarMax. Uh, both of those are great places to shop for used vehicles. Carvana specifically, I purchased our Honda Odyssey from, from them, and we had a fantastic experience. Specifically, we were able to take advantage of their warranty. Because like we mentioned earlier in the show, I took that Honda to a mechanic who only worked on Hondas. He actually works on Hondas and Acuras only, which are evidently like the same vehicle. He was able to identify that the noise uh, that I had picked up on within that first week was coming from the timing belt. And so I gave Carvana a call and said, hey, you know, I'm going to return this vehicle unless getting that timing belt replaced is part of the warranty. And you know what? They called me back and said, yeah, no problem. You know, we can totally cover that. And so I had a new timing belt put in, new water pump, all that action, all covered under Carvana's warranty. I am a happy customer of Carvana. They do not sponsor this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are both uh, Carvana and CarMax, both just highly reputable used car sales entities. And they're, and they're worth considering. The one thing that you need to be aware of is that they typically don't have uh, cars that are in that five dollars to $10,000 range. Lots of times they, their vehicle prices start at $10,000. So if you're looking to buy something on the lower end of that range, and I got to tell you, I've been more than happy with $5,000 cars in my life. In fact, the car that I owned the longest was a Nissan Altima that I paid $3,200 for and had it for eight years. So you don't have to even spend $5,000 on your car to, to get a good one. But if you're looking in that price range, you're not going to find it there. And so Craigslist is actually still a really good place to shop for a used car. You're going to want to be careful, be aware of the potential scams on Craigslist. And Craigslist has specific guidelines for how to avoid scamsters that post stuff on their site. But Craigslist is still the place where most people tend to post their used cars for sale. And so you're going to find a lot of options available, uh, particularly in these makes and models that are popular. Joel, you know, somewhere else that you can purchase your frugal car is at a car auction. You can easily save 10 to 15% when you're buying wholesale. But the way that you do that is you are going to have to buy through a broker or a wholesaler who bids against used car dealers. And this is where these different used car dealerships, like that's where they go to get their inventory. And so you typically have to have a car dealer license in order to show up at these auctions and, and make bids and make the purchases and whatnot. You know, we considered getting our most recent vehicle, our van, at a car auction. But the biggest thing that you need to have when it comes to those is two things, actually. You need to be okay with it not being exactly what you're looking for because a lot of times in the auctions, they'll have maybe what color it is and the year and they'll have the mileage and the model, right? Like all the big things, but they won't have certain trim options sometimes or like the interior color. And so you might end up with a vehicle that you have no idea what it looks like on the inside. You get those mustard colored seats yeah. or something. You're like, ah, oh, that's not what I was hoping Straight for. Straight out of the 80s. <laughs> but, and then something else as well is you have to be really patient because if you are looking for a specific type of vehicle, you just have to wait until it shows up, preferably at an auction near you. That way you don't have to pay the additional fees to have that vehicle shipped to you. Well, I have never even considered buying a car at auction. I know that some super savvy folks have done well with it, uh, but it's just not something that has crossed my radar. Yeah, it's not for everyone. You, you kind of need to be involved in the process. It's not going to be this perfectly polished system. 
you know, typically if you're working with a broker or a wholesaler, you're agreeing to do business the way that they do it. And so make sure that you're working with somebody who is either well-reviewed or that has a great recommendation from a friend who has used them. And in our case, that's who we were talking with. Uh, a, a good buddy of ours actually has used this guy before with multiple vehicles and he's had great experiences and has saved a lot of money. So if you're up for maybe a less refined car buying process, you got to consider car auctions. Yeah, it's not going to be as quick and seamless and easy as something like Carvana with their uh, car vending machine that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or plops out a vehicle for you. Or pulling up the site on your smartphone and you know getting the 360 degree view and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. It's just not going to be like that. Uh, one other thing we have to mention about where you buy your car is where not to buy your car. And the biggest place that you should avoid when you're buying a vehicle is buy here, pay here lots. And those are, if you keep your eyes open and just drive around a little bit, you're going to see a lot of buy here, pay here lots. There are these small, individually owned car lots around town. And you might pull up to one randomly on a Saturday and decide that you want to take a look at, at the vehicles that they have. Just know that oftentimes the vehicles that are on these lots can have major issues with them. But more than anything, the problems that you're going to run into are financing uh, that car at that dealership. Financing woes. Yeah. And so you might be charged exorbitant rates of interest and there's never any sort of warranty or return policy. Like you described, Matt, with Carvana and CarMax offers something similar, you're not going to get anything like that at a buy here, pay here lot. And oftentimes they're not even going to let you take that car to a mechanic that you pick uh, to get that car checked out. They, they're just not interested in that. That's not how they do business. And you don't want to buy a car without taking it to your mechanic first. That's one of the most important things when it comes to getting a great car as a frugal person, you have to get it checked out by your mechanic. That's right, Joel. And so that's where to buy your vehicle. And then, you know, we mentioned how much. Just make sure you're looking on Kelly Blue Book, right? KBB.com. Take a look there to see what you should be paying for a car and if you are getting a good deal or not. Some of this comes down to you individually. Just because KBB says a price that's actually higher than maybe the deal that you are able to get, that doesn't mean that you should necessarily buy that vehicle. It's just letting you know that, well, maybe on that specific vehicle, you're getting a deal. It, it's up to you as an individual uh, in your financial situation as to the kind of vehicle uh, that is going to work out for you. Yeah, I feel like KBB has a nice tool where you can you know, plug in a year, make and model, and then you can see the typical range of what like a private party sale would be for, let's just take, for instance, a 2012 Nissan Leaf, okay? And Kelly Blue Book might say that the typical value of a Nissan Leaf in good condition of that age would be $7,000 $8,000. I'm literally just making this up off the top of my head. But that gives you a good idea when you're going out to shop. You can at least just kind of throw out any sort of Nissan Leaf that was made in that year that cost $10,000 because that's just too far outside of the range to even be considered. And so it's just kind of this helpful barometer to steer you in the right direction when it comes to price for the car that you're interested in. Real quick, let's get back to the beer. Today on the show, we were drinking Form, Fermentary, and Blendery, and this beer was called Bitter. It's a spice beer. What was your take on this beer, my friend? So let me just let you know that when I was pouring this beer, I was sniffing it a little bit because that's how I roll. I could, I feel like I could smell and feel the acidity coming off of the beer. And you can totally taste that as well. However, this beer also has, like it says, a lot of spice. It's a very interesting beer. I don't think I've ever had one quite like this, man. 
Yeah, I don't think I have either. I'm not sure what spices were used in it, but man, I got a mouth full of them. Like, I feel like they definitely hit the nail on the head with what they were going for. So yeah, this is my first spice beer, I think. And I don't think it'll be my last. Yeah, man, me neither. I feel like I could pick up on a lot of the different barrel notes as well. I just, you know, I'm a big fan of barrel aged beers. And, you know, if you combine barrel aged beers plus a lot of acidity, in my book, you can't go wrong. So, so thanks again to Adam for sending us uh, a couple of these delicious beers. We really appreciate it, man. All right, Matt, let's do just a super quick final thoughts on the best cars for frugal folks. And one of the most important things you need to consider when you're thinking about purchasing a frugal car is the total cost of ownership. And so that is not just the sticker price on the window, but that is all the other costs associated with buying a car. And that's why we mentioned buying an older car and taking into account specifically the reliability of those cars. The reliability and the lower cost of insurance keeps that total cost of ownership down. And in our show notes, we'll list out those different makes and models of our favorites that meet that criteria. And just keep in mind that when it comes to buying a frugal vehicle, that the reason that we want to encourage you to buy a frugal vehicle is not because we hate vehicles, but we want you to consider the different things that you can do with that money instead. Like always, we're trying to challenge ourselves and to challenge folks to be thoughtful with your purchases and to make sure that you're spending your money in areas of your life that matter to you. Yeah, Matt. And for me, cars are just point A to point B transportation. And so for anyone else that feels that way, I feel like this is a good framework for them to consider when they're thinking about the next car that they're going to buy and drive around for years to come. Cool, man. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So again, we'll have our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. And if you like our little show, well, we'd appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you think Matt and I have room for improvement, well, we would welcome your feedback as well. You can go to howtomoney.com slash do better and drop us a line. All right, man. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. <laughs> that do weird. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. 
I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the, the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com.